We'll be reading from Isaiah chapter 40, as we read earlier. We're looking at verse 27 to 41, to 31, 27 to 31. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and grow and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This has been a hugely challenging year, to say the least, you know. It's, uh, it's possibly an understatement. At the top of the year, we've, we've gone through, or we, we thought we were going through the transitional period of, of Brexit, right? And uh, Boris was adamant that this is the year, right? He was going to deliver, deal or no deal. Well, that long wait seems to be over. We all thought Brexit would be the one thing that would dominate our conversations in 2020. We're approaching, okay, the end of the year. This is what's going to happen. We are finally on the home leg. We've been waiting the best part of four years. So everyone has been fed up. I've been fed up. You've been fed up of waiting. Make a decision, we say. Both, both Brexiteers, Ramonas, as they say, we all win this now, right? The level of frustration is, is the same. Well, who would have thought that there would be a totally different topic that would occupy our thoughts, our conversations? COVID-19, PPE, pandemic, infection rates rising, death rates, lockdowns, Never heard of that in the UK before. Self-isolation, quarantine, and finally, the long-awaited vaccine. Or in some cases, we might say that it's been done in record time, eh? See, whatever your views are on this vaccine, of the vaccinations, we cannot dispute that this has been produced a lot quicker than in most years. It normally takes the best part of 10 years, research and producing the vaccines, right? So it's been quite an unusual year. In some ways, it feels like we've been held captive by some of the imposed lockdowns. We felt the restrictions, we felt the, we, we've not been able to connect with our family members. It's been a tough and difficult year in some ways. See, waiting seems to have many, many different variables. The ability to wait for something changes from person to person. Someone else may have found this year, actually, it's not not been too long at all, actually. Waiting often depends on our character, 
on our interests, cultural differences, different contexts. Some things that we, we wait for, we wait to advance in age, we wait in the queue, some people every year, every other year wait in the queue for an iPhone. We've seen queues outside of supermarkets. We wait to get married, we wait for children, we wait for jobs, we wait for retirement, we can't wait sometimes. We even wait for food at Christmas meals, right? See, impatience is a trait coming to all of us. The desire and willingness to wait seems to correlate with the assured objective or an expected end. We're more likely to wait for something if that thing does not change, if it's constant, if it's the goalpost has not been moved forward, right? If we know it's assured, we may still grumble, but in that time we were more likely to wait. The more intense your need, the more you like something, the more you love something. And you desire it so much. Sometimes the more impatient actually you become. You can't wait to, to, to get that, to, to achieve that objective, right? So waiting does not come easy at the best of times. We often fill our time with so much. How many times do we wait and we grab our phones? If we're trying to fill time. Yet waiting has benefits. Benefits that we mustn't miss. If you think about waiting for a spouse, often the waiting is actually, I must get a spouse. I must get an, a, a wife, right? But there's that waiting period that we often, we forget about. It's meant to build our character. We should be growing in intimacy with God. There's a purpose for waiting. Whatever waiting it is, there is a purpose that we mustn't miss. So today we want to look at four points from Isaiah 40, 27 to 31. The fainting heart, the forgetting mind, the unfailing God, and wait for the Lord. See, verse 27, we see, we see something of the complaint of the Israelites. People prefer, refer to here as, O Jacob, O Israel. Their complaint is, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God. Verse 28, we see Isaiah describes the greatness of the everlasting God who is the creator of all things, even the end of the earth and the beginning of time. He describes God's attributes as not fainting or growing weary. He then poses a question to God's people. Who can comprehend or understand his ways? His ways are unsearchable. We see the power of God in verse 29. In sustaining his people. He gives power to the faint. Verse 30 then illustrates the frailty of humans. Even youth shall faint. Verse 31 ends on a wonderful comfort of strength. And renewal from the living God for those who wait for him. See, Isaiah lived in the 8th century and, and writes this chapter, chapter 40. He's talking about events that would happen 150 years later on, right? He was speaking with a prophetic utterance. 
The Israelites would be in captivity by the Babylonians. And this exile would take place in the 6th century. So chapters 40 to 55 is written as if it's never happened. It hasn't happened yet, still to come. So these words of comfort are, are words also of assurance for God's people and how they ought to live when they get to that time. See, when we see here, when we look at verse 30, we see the frailty and the weakness of man in waiting. Verse 30 says, Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Immediately we look at this verse and we see the reference to youths. We see reverence, the reference to the young men. We don't need to be caught up necessarily about the, the, the gender here. But when we think of ourselves, you think about your younger self, male or female, the energy that you'd exert, the strength that you'd have, the courage, the, the, the endurance, right? The strength you exerted on your hobbies and, and, and the things that you, you did, your, the things you like, the things you engage with, right? Things are not sinful, of course. The energy you had as a youth far exceeds your current levels. You were like a Duracell bunny running, doing everything, right? I think of my son just constantly, as soon as he wakes up, he's just ready to go. Many of us just need so much energy just to even get ourselves out of bed. But kids are just ready to run and play and, yes, I'm excited for the day. Let's go. So it's safe to say that we are most energetic often when we are young. See, this is the reference here in verse 30. He's saying even youths, even young men, they will grow faint. They will be wearied. They will fall exhausted. Even they would. The youthful exuberance will and shall be quenched. Their strength will wane. Their weakness will be exposed. Strength can only be sustained for a period of time. Before long, strength requires rekindling, strengthening, encouraging. See, a time when we have the most energy, it's as if that energy would be forever. Especially when we trust in our own strength. We feel that we can go on, go on. There's a day that strength will fail. So here's a reminder from Isaiah. Isaiah, even you shall fail. Anything done in human strength will eventually fail. So what is this fainting, weariness and exhaustion in relation to? When we look at verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God. God's people, the Israelites, are questioning God. They're saying that, do you see what's happening here? Do you see our ways? It seems to be hidden from you, O oh God. My right is disregarded by you. They're saying to the Yahweh, the Jehovah, the Lord, where are you? Have you why will you not come to rescue us? Have you not seen our sufferings? Have you not seen our troubles? Is it so you hide yourself? It seems you have hidden yourself from our way. 
They don't just stop there. This, Israel goes further to question God's justice. They say, my right is disregarded by my God. What a statement. What Israel is saying is that God has not regarded or taken into account what is rightfully theirs. Justice. They question God's justice and perceive that what is happening to them is injustice. And therefore, their sense of entitlement has, a, has blurred their knowledge and assurance that God is a just God. See, Israel was questioning God's sight to see their hardship and his strength. You see, strength. Where's the strength of the Lord in this? To deliver them from, the, from their, their situation of captivity. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever questioned if God is there? Does he see your troubles? When would this this depression go away? This challenge, when would it disappear? Are you there, Lord? Can you see what's happening to me? How long will I wait until my health situation improves? My body is decaying, oh God. Where are you? How long until I get out of this financial turmoil? When will God save my family members or a particular friend? Or maybe you're struggling with a particular sin and you receive momentary freedom from them but relapse. Often, where is God? I need your help, Lord. I am weak. Where is God in this matter, you say? You've been a Christian for many years now and your walk with Jesus began in such a zealous way. You were like a youth ready to run through brick walls for Christ. Bold as a lion, quick to call out sin in others. Swift to go on your knees and pray to the Lord. Hungry for more of God. Ready to understand his word diligently studying God's word. But over time, your zeal and your desire for God seems to not match your early walk with God. What has happened? Even youths shall fail. Even youths shall faint and be weary. You see, this oracle of Isaiah was, was written to God's people to reveal their weakness and his strength. Their unwavering love and his steadfast love that does not cease. Their unrighteousness and his great righteousness. His power made perfect in weakness. This message was to comfort them but also to make a promise to them. God is saying through his prophet, yes, salvation from your exile will arrive and you will have to trust me in your weakness. But even more so, this passage has a mosaic purpose to it. It says, it speaks of, of, of the Lord saving his people through Jesus. We're not just waiting on God to save us from our situations. We're waiting for the second advent. Jesus has come, promise the first advent has occurred. The second will come because he has fulfilled the first. In their waiting. See, see, the frailties of man means our strength fails. We fail often. We, we jump the gun. We have no sustainability of our own. 
But there is one who is the everlasting Father, as we learn on Christmas Day. Jesus, wonderful counsellor, everlasting Father, who has existed before time. And just as you, and, and, and he will redeem us from captivity, the greatest captivity, captivity, captivity of sin and death, he will come to rescue us. See, in their waiting, Israel had grown tired of waiting. They'd become despondent, indifference. He may not save us. He doesn't see our way. Some no longer trusted God and his word. Their frailties and weaknesses revealed they have forgotten God's character, his mercy, his goodness, his ultimate power to save his people. And we see this in our second point, the forgetting mind. Verse 28 to 29. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. These initial questions are Isaiah's response to Israel in verse 27. He's saying, do you know the living God? Have you not heard of him? He's reiterating in verse 21 which says, do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? Verse 22 says, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like the curtain. See, some of the exiles had forgotten about the ways of God. There was a mistrust. These people in captivity, they, they mistrusted God. They had forgotten about his ways. They had forgotten what their forefathers had said to them. Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. See, the uncreated creator of all things is not fashioned by craftsmen or clothed in glory by goldsmiths. He's created all these things. He is the creator of all things. He's the everlasting God. He who keeps you will not slumber. He will not sleep. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He's not prone to fainting. He does not get fatigued. He doesn't grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He is God. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counsellor? Romans eleven thirty four. Jesus is our wonderful counsellor. We have no ability to counsel the living God. The word of God is his counsel to us. Yet we forsake looking into it. Just as Israel did. They had forgotten the ways of the Lord. It's sometimes like that. We have wrong thoughts of God. Why? Because we have not known the object of our faith. Our faith only increases when we know the object of our faith more and more. 
We fail to trust and to wait for God because we forget his promises, his presence, his power and his provisions to us. It's like we forget God, who God is, when we fall into that same sin over and over again. When we question God's actions in our lives. When we see the wicked prospering and doing well and we're envious of them. Envious of anyone, in fact. When a virus seeks to hold us captive in this world, a lot of people forget. Forget about God. When it seems our prayers are not being answered, we turn away from God. We're too human in our thoughts sometimes. We're too human about the great and true God. Great and mighty God. Ask yourself what your thoughts of God reveal about your knowledge of him. What have you heard? What have you read in his word? What do you stand upon? What promises do you look to? Have you not known? Have you not heard? You see, we all face a form of exile. You're not where you need to be. When we fall short of God's standard and disobey him, we're saying I'd rather be captivated by something else than God. We've been taken captive by other things beside God. Things that have caused us to mistrust him. Things that can't satisfy. They cannot sustain us. Things that cause our faith to wane and to grow cold. Or worse yet, to keep you from knowing who God is. You may be seated here and you, you've got yourself into a terrible mess. You feel hopeless in your sin and can't seem to find a way out. This year, maybe you've backslidded, you know, for various reasons. You may be here suffering from long-term sickness, ailments that has inhibited you in some form or another, caused you to doubt the faithfulness of God. You may feel that 2020 has been the worst year of your life and you can't wait to enter into 2021. Just let's, get, let's just get past this year, right? Let's, let's move on now. Your relationship with God may have taken a hammering over the course of this year. Although you started with the best of intentions, but things happened to chip away, chipping away. Your relationship with the Lord. You feel beaten up. You have no fight left in you. Well, this year has been one of those yo-yo years. Quite inconsistent, lukewarm in some aspects, blowing hot and cold with your walk with the Lord and your relationship with him. What should you be doing? How will things change? Is there hope for you, you hawks? Or there is, there is. Our next point is that God is unfailing. The unfailing God. See, God is unchanging, consistent, constant. He is the everlasting God. Verse 28. So the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. See, Isaiah, Isaiah puts the attributes of God on display here. God does not faint. God does not grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. God with these attributes is able to dispense infinite amount of power and strength 
for you in whatever you're going through. He gives power to the faint in verse 29. To those who have no might, he increases strength. The true God has unlimited and unrestricted power to change helpless and hopeless of situations. He supplies unwavering strength. So this is why Paul says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He'd learnt, he'd learnt that he could do all things through Christ. He'd learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. In whatever situation he faced, he recognised the need to do all things and to go through all things with the strength of Christ. God's power to save Israel was always and is through the sustaining power of Jesus Christ. See, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. It's a safe place to be with the Lord. There's no other place to gain strength than being in that tower. He said, come to me. This is what the words of Jesus said. Come to me, all who labour are heavy laden. Matthew 11, 28, 30. But what does God's strength, what does the strength of God do for us? Primarily, it causes us to endure, to persevere, to suffer long, long suffering. The strength of God sustains our faith. It roots us at the feet of Christ on the cross. Some of the Israelites grew weary and faint, and as a result, they lost their patience with God, thinking that he's disregarded their way. He'd left them for dead. See, even if it was their iniquity that resulted in their captivity, they thought they had a right to complain to the Lord. They began to lose faith in him and his promises, thinking God had mistreated them and turned his back on them. Yet, Isaiah reminds them that God is unfailing. He did not give up on his people, the Israelites. He will never give up on his people. He will not give up on you. He will not give up on me. That's why we can read in Isaiah 42, verse 1 to 4. These words are about Jesus. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. So Jesus will not break a bruised reed. That bruised reed, because sometimes we may be bruised, he's talking about us there. We can be bruised because of our sins, right? It gets us a place of weakness. But God in sovereignty, 
is able to save the worst of sinners. And sometimes that bruised reed is the sufferings that God orchestrates in his sovereignty. But Jesus is saying here that it, it, the words here are saying that a bruised reed he will not break. Strength will arise. Uh, he will not quench a faintly burning wick. Have you seen a candle that's just blowing smoke? Just enough of the red flames, but it's dying out. Jesus will not allow that to quench. Jesus is here for the weak. Jesus is here for you and I. In whatever weakness that we find ourselves, he will come to our salvation. For he will surely bring justice. The ways of Christ are just and righteous. And he will not grow faint or be discouraged until he has fulfilled every promise that has been spoken in his word. Jesus is a promise keeper. All the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. So our final point, what are we to do? Wait for the Lord. Turn back with me, verse 31. Isaiah 40, verse 31. For they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Does waiting on God mean that we don't act? After all, it says in Isaiah 64 verse 4, God acts for those who wait for him. But waiting on the Lord does not mean that we cross our arms and our feet and just sit there and just wait. I'm just waiting. Neither does it mean that we take the matters into our own hands and not seek the living God and seek to find help in other means and other ways. See, Isaiah has already made plain God's greatness in verse 9 to 29. But he's saying here that we are to wait on God in our situation as we wait on the return of Jesus by worshipping whilst we wait. We worship whilst we wait. How do we worship? We worship by trusting God. God and his word and his promises. His promises are true. He's an everlasting God. He's a saviour, a mighty God, a wonderful counsellor, the prince of peace. That's what his word says. We need to trust and wait upon his word. Read the word of God afresh, brothers and sisters. As we go into this new year, we ought to make this a priority that we search the word of God. The more we develop an attitude and a reverence for God's word and we know who God is more and more, our faith increases, our strength increases, our hope increases. When we are weak, he comes to help us. Nothing else sustains. No strength of ours sustains at all. 
So we must hope in God's word. And faith will arise. We need to pray. Pray for each other. Pray, pray, pray. The reason why we're in a fellowship, the reason why we're a body of Christ, is to hold up each other. Part of the reason is to hold up each other in, in prayer. It says that um, Elijah was a man like us. When the Bible says that in James, he's talking about he's, even in his, he's a weak man like us. He's weak like us. But he prayed fervent prayers. He prayed fervent prayers. We can too. We can pray for each other. The Bible says that we should confess our sins to one another. Pray with each other. And we stand firm. Standing firm in Christ. It's not doesn't mean that we don't do anything. It means that we're standing firm in the we stand firm in the strength of Christ. We rely and trust in Him. We hold on to Him. We go into His tower. We say, Jesus, help me. You cry out to the Lord. You look to Him day and night, knowing that He will come, waiting on Him, standing firm, belted up. By the, by, by the truth of, of his word, the breastplate of righteousness, sword in your hand, the word of the spirit, spirit, the word of God, the helmet of salvation, ready to go where he, he sends you, the gospel of peace. That's how we stand firm. The shield of faith, faith arises when we rely on God more and more. Defends us from attacks of the mind, spirit, body. We wait for God like watchmen waiting for the morning. That's what we read in Psalm 130 earlier on. Those that are waiting for the dawn, waiting for the light to come in the morning. They are waiting with a purpose that dawn will come. Jesus will come back to save us. Jesus will come, he's saving us, and he will return. But whilst we're here, what are we to do? How are we to live? We must worship. We don't just live this life in such a way that, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. We live with purpose. We wait, we worship whilst we wait. We look to the living God, knowing, expectant, that he will come and he will return. Like those virgins that were prepared with the oil. We need to be prepared for when he returns. See, God will renew your strength. He knows your weakness. He knows your frame. He knows your frailties. He knows that we are but dust. Yet, he's a sovereign God. Ready to meet us in our weakness. Ready to strengthen us. See, when your strength fails, he will cause you to rise like the wings of the eagle. If we look at verse 31 again, we see that there is something that we are to do. It says, they run and not be weary. They walk and not faint. Wherever you may be in your walk with the Lord, there is a sense here that even in where you feel that you're walking, 
or you're, you're just, you're, you might be running or you might be walking. God is the one that sustains it. He sustains your walking. He doesn't cause you to be weary. He sustains your walk with him. He doesn't cause you to faint. God's sovereign grace sustains us and causes us to endure. He will sustain you. He will sustain us. See, from the fullness of Christ, we have received grace upon grace. That's the promises of God. He will not let a wick, a dying wick, burn out. He will not let it quench. That's our faithful God. Is there anything greater than God? Do you feel your situation is greater than God? No. God is truly great. The object of our faith, the object of your faith, the sustain of your life is everlasting and his grace is sufficient. For in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. Wait, wait for the Lord. Amen.